Welcome back to DMnastics, the gym for dungeon masters to work out their minds. I'm DM Neil, aka Joe Maniac, and today I have the host with the most beard that is, and it is none other than DM Main Prize, the long lost beard. Yes, come at last to reunite. <laughs> We do a, a manly hug, and then our beards connect, and it sounds like Velcro when we separate from said hug. Yes. It is the sound of our people. The true sign of love. Yes. So we're going to tie this one back to episode 79, Racial Profiling Dwarves, which had the guest DM main prize, or host, guest host, host guest? Guest host. <laughs> guest host. And that will also tie back to DMnastics number 66, Buried in Beard. Mm. And that title alludes to the fact that you and Chris had discussed an all dwarf clan bent on archaeology, if memory serves. Yeah, I think we, had, we were talking about either a clan or a guild organization of some kind that was obviously 100% dwarf and 100% bearded and 100% about archaeology, which is something that is awesome, but is sometimes very something we very often don't see in a D&D campaign. Like we deal with, you know, history checks, so on and so forth. But to have an entire campaign or group that's solely focused on uncovering the truths of the past is generally not what D&D is about. It's more about getting the big bad guy and saving the princess or saving the town, etc. So we thought this would be a, a fun little idea, a little different from the norm. Yeah. And also the idea that it's like, oh, well, it's old. It's like an old setting. So mm -hmm. then, but then there are still things that happened that are older. So I set up a Fun little exercise to create an all-dwarf archaeology clan. And so, uh, to kick us off, I will have you talk about the post from the forum that you want to highlight. Amazing. So, one thing that DM Chris, the co-host of that episode, had mentioned was that they would all be uh, in a tavern. He named that tavern the Laughing Troll. But the big thing I wanted to comment on was actually a post from Almerian Knight discussing the fine ale that they would be having. And I'll do my best dwarven if I may. And for him here, he says the name of the signature drink that they are all having Gorgon Spittle Ale or just known as Gorgon Spittle. And that's what they seem to be drinking today. It's supposedly a very light and crisp ale that is known throughout the region. Yep. If you drink too much, you'll get paralyzed. Mm -hmm. See what it Unwise. did there. I see what you did there. <laughs> oh, what if there was actually like a slight paralytic put into it? Mm. You have to test your constitution. Yep. I like it. Always got to be checking that. <laughs> so the one I wanted to highlight, though, was from DM Genesis Ect, who just recently put it on in the forums. The clan leader is Shpad Brazenbeard. Yeah, it is. I think that's something really amazing about the DMnastics is that it can be, you know, months after the post has been made and people have put down their ideas and someone who hasn't gotten a chance to will still show up and add and contribute to the idea. Very cool. Yep. So yeah, he said that the clan leader is Spad Brazenbeard, who's famous for wielding his mighty combat shovel, which I think is an awesome weapon, and I would totally let the player have a combat shovel. And he has slain many foes while unearthing just as many rare finds. He is also renowned for an interesting thing, and it is his particularly shabby beard. But that's because it is seen a lot. It constantly gets scorched, scraped, pulled, and caught in all kinds of different traps while trying to do archaeology. Amazing. Yeah. It's, it's almost like beard scarred. Like, like a sign yeah. that like I've been through a lot and this is the best I've got. I've lived it, guys. I've been there. 
<laughs> I completely understand that. I've been playing some Battlefield 1 recently, and you can actually beat people with combat shovels. Or really, I guess it's an entrenching tool, but it's a combat shovel nonetheless. So I wonder, would you have that be slashing damage or bludgeoning damage? Because if you hit somebody with, like, you know, the side, that's probably going to slash them. But if you, you know, pan them, like it's a frying pan, that's definitely bludgeoning. I feel like there are some in there that you can have, like, slashing slash bludgeoning, and I would definitely allow that too. Yeah, definitely. Depending on how you wanted how you wanted to strike them. Ooh, or could it be yeah. also could piercing it be if it has like the tip? No, too many. Only pick two. So it brings to my own if you've ever seen this, the thing called a Crovel, Neil. A Crovel? Yeah, C-R-O-V-E-L. Google it real quick. Crovels are amazing. They're basically like a tactical tool that oh, is yeah. both crowbar and shovel. This is totally what I'm thinking. Yep. I yep. definitely think you could have slashing, bludgeoning, and piercing. Nope, I'm with you. He yep. definitely now wields a Crovel. Done. Google it. Google it. And with that, we're going to go ahead and start lifting the mental weights right now. Yeah, we are. Lifting weights is what I do. Look at me. Lift these weights. My mind is weak. It needs you to yeah, spot me. We got to start lifting them. Where do we want to start, though? I'm instantly feeling a call to the reputation of the guild. It's something that wasn't touched on by any of our forum users. And I think that it would be entirely dependent on the region and who you asked. I have a feeling that elves would definitely probably see them. If we're going like stereotypical elves and dwarves don't get along, they're definitely just like glorified grave robbers who are trying to like pillage or steal secrets of the past. But I think that within the own dwarven community, they're probably, they're recognized as being doing good work. So I guess it would depend on who, who you ask. I like that too, because you're in the almost that affinity for wanting to know more about your ancestry or history in general. And through that, better understanding yourself it feels like a very dwarven mentality and it's like no you know it makes me think of bruner battlehammer and looking mm-hmm. for his ancient home and yep. then looking even further for his ancient ancient home and finding gauntlegrim and going through that process and oh yeah just these dwarves being like an entire clan that that's what they search for and i could also see other dwarven clans hiring them to go find out more like you know if they existed in the forgotten realms instead of bruner just going by himself well not by himself but you get my drift Mm -hmm. that he would hire out this clan to help him because they're so good at finding things oh yeah definitely i think that was definitely a moment of pure enjoyment for me when bruner tricks dritz into going he's he's like oh i'm dying you have to do whatever i say and then the very next book ends up being streams of silver where they go to find the old ancestral home. I mean, it was obviously just a direct love letter to The Hobbit. And obviously, you know, Lord of the Rings is one of my favorites. So yeah, I mean, a beautiful moment. Yeah, it's definitely something that is completely dwarven to kind of be obsessed with one's own history. And I think that also ties into like dwarves' care and respect for like traditions and that kind of stuff. So another reason that dwarves are amazing. So we had talked about traps and it also kind of makes me think very Indiana Jones style things. Yes. We also have toughest trap they have ever defeated and easiest trap they have ever defeated. Okay. I would think that the easiest trap would be something that, like, I don't know, this is this is weird. You're going to have to bear with me here on this one. But you know how in, like, high-tech sci-fi movies they have, like, retinal scanners to detect who you are? Mm-hmm. What if there was some kind of ancient beard scanner that you, like, inputted your beard into some type of, uh, whether it's like a, a bowl that has liquid in it that like scans your beard through magic or some kind of like thing you have to like jam your beard into that detects whether or not you're truly dwarven and then that opens the door. 
That's awesome. But if you don't have a beard or if it's not a dwarven beard, it just like cuts your head off. <laughs> no, it just cuts the beard off. Or just, oh yeah, just shames you by removing the beard. Or if the beard's not long enough, it shames you. Yep. Reset. Try again. So toughest trap. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I immediately want to be like, and then there's another skin where you have to be clean shaven. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Tough traps for me, I always think about spheres of annihilation as being really tough. I don't know why, maybe because it's just they're so punishing. Um, mm. If you know what they are, I guess they're not that tough. You can just try to avoid them. But yeah, that always comes to mind for me when someone's like, oh, this is something you don't want to interact with. And I'm like, I 100% believe you. Yep. I'm trying to think of that's what it is. Okay. We're going to put them together. Okay. My idea and your idea. So you have Perfect. a sphere of annihilation. But what if you also had like a circular prismatic wall that was like forcing you down a hole that had a sphere of annihilation in it? And how do you get out of it? How do you defeat said trap? The prismatic wall, you have to have all the right spells to like cast into it and get rid of it. Scary. I love it. Or alternative would be figuring out how to get rid of the sphere of annihilation or potentially both, depending on how intense you wanted to make the trap. And I think that's great because in some D&D lore, depending on the setting, dwarves are kind of innately hesitant towards magic. So that might actually be something that was difficult for them to do because of their kind of rejection of traditional magic. They may not have the spells. Or if you were a cruel DM, you could like restrict the type of spells. Oh, yep. Many dwarves died that day. Like no, no cantrips work. It has to be like a level three or higher spell. That way, before they move on to the next step, they have depleted some of their spell ability. Mm -hmm. So what about toughest guardian they have ever defeated? Mm. That's that's a well, I instantly think dragon because dragons love to guard hordes and ancient places. But that might be too cliche. On a goofier note, we could go with something like a beard golem made entirely out of beards. Yes. That would be just emotion. That would be emotionally difficult to fight because that's like a representation of so much of your people. That you no. don't you don't want to damage it. And if you yep. burn it, that's going to smell really bad. I also really like that you went down kind of the emotional road then that made, immediately made me think going back to Lord of the Rings. If like in the minds of Moria, instead of it being all the goblins, what if it was all the undead? Mm. like how difficult would that be for Gimli to fight all of these people that he knew and you know and shared drinks with shared meals with you just made me so sad for Gimli yeah. potentially in a Dude. fan fiction universe having to like fight an undead Balin mm-hmm. why would you do that to my heart I'm sorry but no that's that's definitely amazing I definitely love that idea but it's definitely your fault because you inspired that idea so I, I really did it's a beardception yep now that's I think is a great idea having to fight one's own history would definitely be challenging, especially depending on how far removed you are from it. You know, if it was multiple generations, it may not be so bad. But if like Thor and Oakenshield, you were there the day it happened, that could be very, very difficult to endure. It almost makes me wish that there was some kind of in the Lord of the Rings um, tabletop RPG. I'm blanking on the name of it right now, but they have kind of like a mechanic that's like a hope despair mechanic. And I kind of wish okay. there was something like that. In D&D, where like you had to kind of make emotion checks to see if your character could emotionally endure what they were tasked with doing. Definitely an idea to consider homebrewing something of that nature. That's awesome. What other thing could we do? Mm. I mean, I don't think it would be too crazy of an idea to have uh, famous members be representative of ourselves. So there's obviously a member whose name is just Jotmoniak. And he's a legend across, you know, the seven lands as finding the most golden gems out of anyone. Well, of course, there would be the dwarf with the nickname Main Prize 
because he always seems to go into an area and find the number one thing in there. Oh, the would you would you call it the the main prize? If you will. It's absurd. Done. That that is absurd. But I think that's one thing I've noticed from the Twitter daily gymnastics on the weekends with you running all the uh, Sunday Slayers. It's amazing how many people come up with really cool NPC ideas. So that's something that it's easy to just say, oh, I need a dwarf. And then you can either fashion them off of something absurd like we just did or say, oh, here's a dwarf that's really well known. Brunor Battlehammer. I want to make something kind of like him. I mean, it's easy. One thing I did as a new DM and as I'm still pretty green is if you can ever find a template where someone else has done it first, use that because it's going to save you a lot of headache. Yeah, definitely try and make a better wheel than make your own wheel because it doesn't make sense. There's Absolutely. so many wheels out there. There's a lot of wheels. And if you can just settle for one with has spinning rims, you're going to be solid. Oh, perfect. Oh, awful. Tread- <laughs> not terrible. Not awful. Gross. Okay. What about the greatest treasure ever found? My, my initial thought is it's not actual treasure, golden jewels. It's not a weapon for me it's going to be something that like either a book or a map something that continues their quest by providing them with more knowledge like the greatest thing they ever found was actually a map that showed like a migration trail from what they thought was their original ancestral home to the actual one kind of like you had mentioned earlier yeah and that sparks a whole new quest like they had thought oh we finally achieved it we found our home but lo and behold it was just the tip of the iceberg I like that. And also having, you had mentioned it, but almost like finding a library. Mm, yeah. You know, and they've done so much work to get there, but only to find out that there's so much more work that had already been done before them and more work that could be done based on all this new information that they found, like figuring out where, depending on your world, where the dwarves even came from and mm-hmm. trying to figure out the validity of that story that yeah. they find in this library. Absolutely. Because yeah, you could do a lot of fun things with that. They could get to the end and find out that what they thought was their origin really wasn't. And then they have their own existential crisis. <laughs> Anytime you can interject an existential crisis into your games, it's always worth it. We are pulling on the heartstrings of dwarves this time, sir. We really are. I wasn't prepared for this. <laughs> so many sad dwarves and salty beards because it'll catch right. the tears on the way down. And you know what I always say? Whenever I'm crying, it's not that I'm crying. I'm simply watering my beard. <gasps> That's amazing. On that note, Sir, I think we've done it. I think we so. did pretty good. For me being, yeah, I you know, I haven't been under steel lately. I haven't been lifting the weights, but this felt no. good. I'm a little no. sore, but I know tomorrow there will be gains. Yep. You will be blessed by Brosidon, the, yes, the god of gains. The god of gains. Amazing. Where could people go if they wanted to hear more from you or see more from you? If they wanted to hear or see me the easiest way to do either of those would be to follow the official dmnastics twitter handle where every day i tweet out a daily dmnastics and they get those get a ton of a ton of play and a ton of love from our amazing community you can also follow me personally at dm underscore main prize on twitter i don't tweet often because now most of tweet from the official handle and i every now and then lurk on the forums but need to improve my activity there as well so the official dmnastics twitter handle is the best place to find me i'm always there Yep. And if you wanted to send us more than 140 characters, you could do it at dmnastics at gmail.com. And if you wanted to figure out anything else on our network, you can go to blockpartypodcastnetwork.com and figure it out there. But the number one thing that I want to do is implore you, the listener, to join up on the forums and take part in these challenges and exercises, as well as all the other amazing conversations being had. A totally amazing recommendation, Neil. And if you want to do that, guys, just head over to 
dungeonmasterblock.freeforums.net and try out some of the gymnastics on your own. That way your players don't ask, do you even lift? Oh, I could barely lift my right arm because I did so many. I don't know if you heard me counting, I did over a thousand. Just watch out for the guns. They'll get you. <laughs>